so I won't keep you long this morning. I'm heavy out by two. <laughs> Have you ever been invited to, say, a wedding um, or some kind of a, a party or somebody's home, and you, you didn't know too many people there, and they kind of left you alone? Like you felt like, geez, I feel like I'm a... Third wheel, fourth wheel, spare wheel, training wheels, whatever. <laughs> but like, oh, this is awkward. Nobody's talking with me. Maybe I should leave. Feeling a little left alone. Anybody been there, yeah. done that? Yeah. Well, you know, in most churches, that's how the Holy Spirit feels. Ooh. But the good news is not here. Not here. <laughs> Thank you. Not here. Amen. I like that. You need to move to the front row. <laughs> but you know what? He's getting over his offense. Because that surely offends him. Third person of the Trinity, sent by Jesus to comfort, to guide, to teach, to lead his bride. And his bride doesn't want anything to do with him. You know, pushes him to the back seat. And if you talk too much about the Holy Spirit, people think there's something wrong with you. But, uh, yeah, the good news is he certainly knows he's welcome here. Amen? Yeah. Everybody say, welcome Holy, Spirit. welcome, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So we want to get to uh, impartation number four today. And I want to look at the impact of impartation and encounters. And uh, let me just say by, by starting... Any of the manifestations that I mentioned today, and, uh, you know, I'm up to like 28 to 30. You know, as I said, every week we'll, they'll get more, and uh, God opens my eyes to more. But any of these manifestations can occur when you are having an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is God, and... When God comes upon you or the presence of God begins to manifest in a tangible way and you have this encounter or this presence, most likely you will have one of these impartations, encounters, impacts that we're talking about. But now what happens if you don't? What happens if you don't have anything happen? That's okay. That doesn't mean the Holy Spirit is not communicating with you. doesn't mean He's not touching you. I mean, it could be something happening that you don't even discern that it's the Holy Spirit. As the prophetic word went out this morning from Pastor Brian, and God said that He had His finger on your heart. Now, that could be happening during the word, teaching or something, or during the worship, and you sense a strange warming of the heart. You sense a strange drawing towards God, or you sense, you know, like something's going on here. I'm not quite sure what it is. That is an impartation that is occurring. That is an impact that's occurring. It, not, it may not be as, you know, volatile, outward manifestation. It could be just an internal thing that's going on. So what I'm, why I'm sharing with these things is I don't want you to panic when you fall down and you blubber and you lie on the floor like a jellyfish 
and you can't get up and you're lying there and you say, oh, God, help me. God, help me. What's going on? You know, and you don't know what's happening. So I'm sharing some of these things with you so that you don't panic when these things happen. Because I honestly, with all my heart, believe that we're going to see greater and greater manifestations of the Holy Spirit occur um, as we move in and draw closer to God and allow Holy Spirit, allow Him access to our individual lives and corporately to the church. I'm anticipating that God, the Holy Spirit, is going to minister to you just the way you need it. Do you understand that? You might look at somebody else going, whoa, that's weird. All right? And they look at you and go, whoa, that's weird. <laughs> Let God be God. Let him minister to you the way that he knows suits you best. Is that okay? All right. So quickly just to name some of these uh, impacts that you might receive healing. You might shake. Uh, you might tremble. Uh, the building might even shake. You may be too weak to stand. I've had that experience happen to me. I was too weak to stand, fell down the floor in the hospital, in the passageway of the hospital, couldn't stand. Um, a trance-like uh, trance state could happen, falling over, which is something we see um, on a regular basis in the church. People fall over and uh, intoxicated state of mind, literally drunk. I have been drunk in the spirit on a number of occasions, and I can tell you I couldn't drive my car. I was talking stupid. I, 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 was not, I, I, I was making stupid drunk jokes. Seriously, okay? Um, you know, one time I was in Rodney, Rodney Hunt Brown, was in our church preaching here in Ranch Bernardo, and I stood in the front row as a pastor, and the Holy Spirit hit me. I began laughing uncontrollably. I slid onto the floor, and, and, and people are laughing and carrying on everything, and he began to do an altar call. And I told him to stop, but I, I was drunk in the spirit and freaking I'm just wasted, and he wouldn't stop. So I took my shoe off and threw it at him. <laughs> he, he tells that story. How many were in that meeting? How many were in that meeting? I, I took my shoe off and threw it at him. I said, stop. So you see, you do drunk. That's a drunk stuff, isn't it? Throw a shoe at the preacher. So laughing, weeping, rejoicing loudly, joy, exuberant praise that comes out, feeling energy or heat. You're going to have that, or you sense like electricity flowing, tingling situation going on, or there's a deep sense of peace that you have. Uh, other people might be weeping, crying, everything, but that you're just lost in God's presence and you have this, this deep peace. Just please leave me alone. Don't touch me. Leave me. Um, you could start prophesying, okay, in that, in that presence. Uh, there, there, there's anointing that comes and you begin to speak out prophetically. Um, your face might shine like Jesus. Remember on the Mount of Transfiguration? His clothes and his, and his uh, Moses face also shone. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes people look at you and go, whoa, what's going on with you? Got this shiny face. Um, you could be filled with the Holy Ghost and you could begin speaking in tongues 
like uh, the 120 on the day of Pentecost, um, talking in inarticulate languages, all right? Um, you could see a vision. I mean, this was just taken off into vision land. And uh, you could see angels. You go, whoa, your eyes get open up and you see angels. Look around, see angels. It's an impartation, impact of the Holy Spirit. Uh, you could be caught up to heaven. I mean, Paul was caught up into heaven as the Holy Spirit came upon him. Uh, you might be um, transported in the Spirit. Transported in the Spirit. And you might go, and that happened to me one night, uh, 5 o'clock in the morning. Um, I went into what I thought was a, a deep sleep. And I was transported in the Spirit. My spirit man left my body and traveled to another country. And when I was in that country, I was uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a bus, like a tram situation. And uh, I came into the tram situation, and I saw a young man, a young child about uh, two years old, had a massive sore and growth in the head, big gaping sore. And I began to speak to the child, and I asked questions of the people that were there. And I put my hand on the child, and the child was healed instantly. Um, and then they, they grabbed me and said, you can't do that. And they took me off the trolley into a police station. And I was being held in the police station um, when I returned. And I returned at 5.05 in the morning. I woke up, looked at my watch, it was 5.05. Um, I called Ed Trout. I said, listen, uh, this is what happened. What do you think? He said, well, you have been meditating a lot in healing, and God used you, took you. I have no doubt about it. God took you to perform that healing ministry over there. Um, you could be physically transported. Do you remember Stephen after the Samaritan uh, revival? And then he baptizes the eunuch in water. Remember that? Yeah. And then he comes out the water and he's gone and he's found in Azotus. Yeah. There was a physical transportation that, that occurred. Yeah. That happened to Jackie as well with her car. She was in the car when it happened. Uh, one morning on the way to work, um, I began to pray and intercede for her. And I felt that, you know, there was something terrible going on. Um, in fact, I didn't know it was her that I was praying for, but... Uh, the presence of God came upon me in my study uh, shortly after she left to go to the office. And I began to pray and intercede, and I went into groaning, um, like I told you, and I was deep. I was sweating. Uh, I, my clothes were wet. I had a change afterwards. And I, I was praying with such vehemence that I got nauseous. And I literally crawled on the floor to the bathroom, put my head in the basin, the toilet, while I continued to pray. So it's a very, very serious issue that was going on, and then it lifted. It took about half an hour, it lifted. I made my way back to my chair. I was weak. I was done. I called the office, and I said, Jackie, just arrived. No cell phones those days. I said, Jackie, are you okay? And she said, yeah, you're not going to believe what happened. I said, maybe I will. Tell me. <laughs> and shortly after leaving home, uh, we lived in a little town called Virginia, and the officers were in Valcom, which was only about a 30-minute, 25-minute ride. But um, the, the, the streets, even the bigger roads, were not like the California roads. It was two-way traffic. And there were no, the, the, the sides of the street were potholes and soft, soft uh, pavements. Uh, it was treacherous. And uh, what happened is that Jackie was behind a... Uh, a Pentacnican, what would you call a semi-truck? Semi -truck. And uh, 
she looked, there was nothing coming, so she moved over and she started to overtake the truck, and there was a dip in the road, and what she didn't know, there was a vehicle approaching her on this side, there was nowhere to go. Had she gone off the side of the road, she'd have been killed, there's no doubt about it, there were big potholes. She was in a small car, and there was going to be instant death, there's just no doubt about it. When suddenly, she was in front of the semi-truck in her car. Just suddenly. She was head-on collision, and then she was in front of the truck. Thank you for that, amen. You, 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 may, you may think I'm just preaching and just telling stories, um, but you know, when it happens to you, you'll come back and apologize to me, okay? Because some of you are not getting this yet, but that's okay. That's okay. It takes time for you to, to, to understand Holy Spirit is active with the angels in our lives doing miraculous things for us. And we are being made aware more so now than ever before of these amazing things Holy Spirit is doing for us. All right. So let me give you two more methods of uh, impartation that occur that to wrap up that part of the ministry before I get to the impacts and encounters. Uh, the one I want to talk about today is the oil anointing. And uh, I'll just choose this particular one. Uh, there's many of them, but Samuel the prophet anoints Saul to be king of Israel, the first king. So he goes to him and he anoints him with oil to be king. And then he gives him a word. We would call it a prophetic word. Most people say they gave him a prophetic word. But if you've been to Bible college, you would be able to recognize that what was done was actually given a word of wisdom to him, coupled together with the word of knowledge, wrapped up as a prophecy. So for those who want to know a little deeper. So let's read it in 1 Samuel 10, verse 5. This is after he's anointed him with oil. He says this to him. After that, you will go to Gibeah of God, where there is a Philistine outpost. And as you approach the town, you will meet a procession of prophets coming down from the high place with lyres, timbrines, uh, flutes, and harps, being played before them. Now, a lyre, for you don't, what you don't, a lyre is, it's like a combination between a harp and a guitar. It's usually shaped in a, as a, you know, in a kind of a round shape, and it can ha have anywhere from five strings, maybe up to maybe 16 strings. So it's a stringed instrument. And so it can be walked, and they can actually play it as they walk. So he, he tells them clearly what's going to happen. So this is a word of wisdom. He knows what's going to happen. There's a word of knowledge combined with the word of wisdom. He said, you're going to meet prophets. There's a procession of prophets coming down. And they're playing these instruments. And they will be prophesying as they come. The Spirit of the Lord will come upon you in power. Notice he's going to come upon him in power. So at that time, there's going to be an impartation. There's going to be an impact and an encounter that you're going to have. I've anointed you with oil, but when you go there to where the prophets are playing the instruments and they're worshiping God, then the power of the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. Or the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you in power. You must understand, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it is for power. Jesus told his disciples to go and wait in Jerusalem until you be endured with what? Power. power. Any person who says they have the Holy Spirit and doesn't have power, 
doesn't have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit cannot come without power. They're synonymous. They're together. They're one and the same. Right? You don't get the water without the wet. When you get the Holy Spirit, you get the power. Power comes. The fact that you may not know how to release the power, that is something different. But you do get the power. And so here he says to him, the Holy Spirit will come upon you with power. And you will prophesy with them. You will prophesy with them. You know, when our worship team worships, Andrea worships, and you get down the front here, and you're worshiping God, it's really easy when you get down here to worship and enter in. And if you've never experienced it, Press through the crowd, get down the front. Yeah. I can tell you there's a huge difference yes. being down here, being close to the worship amongst these that are worshiping, okay. than sitting at the back of the church. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. It's only a short distance, but I can tell you now, there's a stronger presence yes. than there is back there. Yeah. All right? Um, just recently, Brother Dennis, whom I love so much, came down and he said to me during worship that he had a word. Now, I know Dennis very well and trust him so much. And so I said, okay, um, go ahead. And he told me what the word was. I was judging the word. I said, that's fine, go ahead. I gave him the mic and he began in the word and then he began to sing. I love you, brother Dennis. <laughs> that is definitely for personal private worship time. It's a secret place worship there, secret place. No, you did well, brother. You did well. But what happened was this presence, this worship presence came on him. It makes you want to worship. Makes you want to worship. That's what I'm saying. It, it is an amazing thing that occurs. It's, it's just God. Okay, so the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you in power, and you will prophesy with them. Now, Paul, Saul is a king. He's not a prophet, but he will prophesy because the Spirit of God's going to come upon him. Now, listen to what he says next, and you will be changed into a different person. Once these signs are fulfilled, do whatever your hand finds to do, for God is with you. So let me explain. When the Spirit of God comes upon you like this, you will be changed into a different person. First of all, when you receive the baptism that Jesus gives of the Holy Spirit, you are changed into a different person. Every Christian, every Christian, let me explain something to you. Some people think, well, I got the Holy Spirit when I got saved. How many of you know Jesus did not need to get saved? He did not need to repent. He had no sin. You agree? Okay. But he did no miracles until the Holy Spirit came on him. He became a different person when the Holy Spirit came upon him. He needed the power of the Holy Spirit to do the miracles. So in other words, he didn't get saved when the Holy Spirit came upon him. Simmer on that. He did not get saved. He got power. And believers, hear me now. 
When you get saved, you don't get the Holy Spirit power. It is a baptism that Jesus gives you. It's a gift that Jesus gives you. Okay? You become a different person. I dare to say this. If you have the encounters we are talking about and the impact we're talking about, you will become a different person. Whether you hit the floor, whether you stand worshiping and you have something touch you, Holy Spirit touch you, you'll become a different person. You will go out and go, I'm changed. Something's happened. I can't explain it. I can't explain it. But there's something different. I don't feel the same anymore. You're, you become a different person. You're not the same. But that ties in perfectly with what Scripture tells us, that when we do get born again, we become what? New creation. All things pass away. And we become new creatures in Christ Jesus. There is this dramatic change that takes place. Now watch what, Saul, uh, what, Saul says, um, what Samuel says to him. He says to him, once these signs are fulfilled, I want to tell you that signs and wonders are happening at the promised church. Signs and wonders are happening. To a greater measure than you even know. And I don't want to speak about one of those signs because the person it happened to is not here this morning. And so when that person is here, I will have them testify. Because right now, I just want to let you know there are signs and wonders that are occurring. And these things that happened, Samuel referred to them as signs. And he says, once these signs are fulfilled, do whatever your hand finds to do. That means do what's in front of you. Do whatever your hand finds to do. Call William for prayer. Call somebody else for prayer. Go lay hands on somebody else. Go prophesize somebody else. Do whatever your hand finds to do. Why? Because God is with you. After this particular impact, Saul's assignments were activated. Now he can do whatever he finds to do. Those are his assignments. Because he had this impact and the Holy Spirit upon him, now he becomes a new person, a different person, and now his assignments begin to unfold. And he says, now do your assignments. Go ahead, do them, because God is with you. Peter said to Cornelius' house how that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing good, he anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good because, finish it off, God was with him. You see, the good things that Jesus did, the assignments that he did, began after the Holy Spirit power came upon him, for God was with him. Now he was healing the sick and bringing deliverance. You understand how this works? Okay. I keep pulling back the onions. I keep just looking with lays. I keep looking for how this thing works. How does it work? I want to know how it works. If I can find out how it works, I will share with you how it works, and then you can know what to do and what to, what to expect when these things happen and how you should follow on after these things. I keep saying this is not a bless me club. You're not having these things happen so that you just go around and go, whoa, that was awesome. That was awesome. 
Hallelujah, we're going to go next Sunday for another all fall down meeting. Awesome. Yeah. Take your watch off and bring out your calendar. You don't know how long you're to be in church. All right, let's go to the next one. Playing of worship music. How the anointing is imparted. Let's go back to Saul, but this time we're going to read from 1 Samuel 16, verse 17. So Saul said to, the intent, to these attendants, find someone who plays well and bring him to me. What was going on was that Saul had become jealous of David. David had killed Goliath, and now the women were all singing David's praises. Saul killed his thousand, David his ten thousand. And you would think the king would have thought, that's cool. He's part of my team. Great stuff, great stuff. I like to have good people around me. Suddenly he becomes threatened. He's insecure in his anointing. He's insecure in his leadership. And he feels threatened by this young man, David. And that jealousy opened the door for a demonic spirit to come and settle on him. And the only relief he got was when worship music was played in his presence. And so they said, listen, David's son, Jesse, he can play the harp. That guy can string it. That guy can rip it. You need to bring him in. So, so Saul says, does he play well? Does it matter? Have you been in a church where they don't play well? I ask you again, does it matter? It's so hard to get into the spirit. When you're praying, they would stop. And you're praying, God, deliver me or them. Can this be of God? That's where they wrote the song, Ichabod. Now, you don't know what that means, right? The glory has departed. Okay. So Saul says, find someone who plays well. You see, the worship, it's great if we make a joyful noise unto the Lord. But there is a different level of anointing that is released in the house when these people play well. And I'm sorry, these people are not here today to hear this compliment. It's their loss. How many are still here? Please stand up. Please stand up. Give them a good round of applause. We, we love you more than you know. So God has a special word for you this morning. Blessed are those who stay. You may be seated. Thank you. So playing well makes a huge difference in the transferring of the anointing. But also the harp is used for worship. 
It's, you see, rock and roll music might be good, but it doesn't drive away demons. It doesn't bring the healing that's necessary. You see, verse 23 says, David would took his harp and he played, then relief would come to Saul and he would feel better and the evil spirit would leave him. See, people come into the promised church and we play an up-tempo praise beat in the beginning and uh, they go, oh, that's cool. I, that's nice. That's nice. And then we begin to do some worship music. And now <clears throat> the demons on the people and, and say, was there demons in church? Absolutely. There were demons in Jesus meetings all the time, all the time. In fact, at the Last Supper. The devil came into Judas. There was only 12 people. The devil came right into the Last Supper and entered Judas right in front of Jesus at the table. They don't sit here and think, there can't be a demon in church. That's a demon talking to you. I'm surprised they're still here after worship because that's what happens. You see, when the worship music happens, you either want to worship or you want to run. You either say, stop this now, stop this now, stop this now. That's the demon talking to you. Now, now some people can't get that demon to shut up, so they leave with the demon. They go outside. The demon gets them outside because the demon can't handle that worship. Can't handle the praise we're giving to Jesus. But if you'll stay just a little longer, that demon spirit will lift off you like it lifted off Saul. It will go. It can't stay in the house and it can't stay on you any longer. Okay. When the devil starts to talk to you like that, when demons start to talk to you like that, you say, all right, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to force you to hear me worship. You want to talk in my ear? Listen to this. Jesus, you're wonderful. You like that one. Jesus, I glorify. I got some more where that come from. Come on, come on. Give me some. I'm, I'll show you. I'll show you. I'm going to worship you, Jesus. You're the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. How'd you like that one, huh? You should leave. I'm telling you. I mean, I'm making bite of it, but that is the truth. Demons, I believe with all my heart. Demon spirits are going to leave here. They cannot stay as the impartation of the anointing is activated by skillful worship. Our worship team is critically important to us. So the impact of impartations. Let me get to that finally. Encounters with the Holy Spirit. Your body responds to pain. It's a natural response. Take your, put your hand on the hot stove. There's a natural response. Slam your finger in the car door. Natural response. Your body responds instantly to pain, correct? Your soul responds to sadness, emotional pain, tears. It also responds the same way to joyful things. You don't have to say when you hear a sad story, Okay, let's cry. Come on, come on, let's cry. Let's do this. Let's do, we can do this. Come on, cry. Cry. Sorry, not working. Or when you hear something funny, you go, you know what? I'm definitely going to laugh at this. You will laugh, so 
you will laugh. This is funny, laugh. You don't have to do that. There's an immediate instant response, correct? correct. So your, your body responds instantly to what it feels. Your soul responds instantly to what it feels. And so does your spirit man. When that anointing comes upon you and that presence of God comes upon you, your spirit man responds instantly. It's loving it. It's loving it. And you know what your spirit man does? Says to your soul and your body, you better come with me because I'm going into the presence. Come with me or I'll drag you on your knees. So there is an instant response that occurs. And then your, your body gets with it. Your body, I'm going to cry a little bit. This you don't have to tell your body to cry. When that presence comes upon you, it just happens instantly. There's a response to God's presence. All right. Let me talk about a few of the things that happen. Shaking and trembling. Shaking and trembling. Um, so Mount Sinai is the mountain where Moses is about to receive the law. And God comes down in... Uh, in Exodus 19 and verse 16. On the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning with a thick cloud over the mountain. That wasn't really lightning and clouds like weather. This was a supernatural spiritual thing. And a very loud trumpet blast. You know there's going to be trumpet blasts in heaven? The book of Revelation tells us there's seven trumpet blasts that happened with the angels. There's going to be a trumpet blast when we are raptured, the Bible tells us. So this is an angel playing the trumpet. And everyone in the camp trembled. And Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. The Lord descended. The smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace. The whole mountain trembled violently. You could say, well, there was an earthquake. But actually, the mountain was responding to God's presence. You see, when Jesus comes back at the second coming, not at the rapture, He's going to land on the Mount of Olives. And the Mount of Olives is just going to split. It's going to divide. Just these presents. It's going to split it. Another story. Chronicles 16, verse 28. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Would you say that was worship? Yep, worship. Bring an offering and come before Him. Worship the Lord. In the splendor of his holiness, tremble before him all the earth. Psalm 2.11, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Psalm 96, verse 9, worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Isaiah 66.5, hear the word of the Lord, you who tremble at his word. Jeremiah 5.22, should you not fear me, declares the Lord. Should you not tremble in my presence? Jeremiah 23, 9. My heart is broken within me. All my bones tremble. I'm like a drunken man, like a man overcome by wine because of the Lord and his holy words. I've left out half of the scriptures I could give you. So let me give you just two more really quickly. Daniel 10, 10. Angel comes down to meet with Daniel Daniel says, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He's on his hands and knees, on the floor, trembling. Get used to it. It's going to be a familiar position for you. On your hands and knees. 
And he said, Daniel, you are highly esteemed. Consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Trembling didn't stop. In Matthew 28 and 4, when the guards came to take Jesus and they said, we're looking for Jesus. And he said, I am he. It said, and they shook and became like dead men. They trembled. Buildings shake. In Acts chapter 4, verse 31. Remember, the disciples were told not to preach in the name of Jesus. And after they had prayed, they all got together and they prayed. Well, they worshiped God. If you read the whole story, they were worshiping God. And then they prayed. And this is the place where they were meeting was shaken. Not an earthquake. Shaken. The place shook. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word boldly. For years and years and years, I had trouble with this verse. Because I kept saying, Lord, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. How is it that they got filled again? Are there more than one fillings? They get filled and filled and filled? Do we leak? How is it that we need these fillings? Well, you see, I now understand that there was an impartation that occurred at that meeting, like our P3 meeting. They were praising, they were worshiping God, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. There was an impartation that took place. There was an impact that occurred because of their unified praise and worship. And they started worshiping God before they started praying. Now, the impact of this was that they spoke the word of God boldly. They went to the mall to pray for people. That's some bold sausages you got there. Because some of you sitting back there, oh, I could never do that. Uh huh. Have an impact with God and you will. Because they had an impact and they went out and preached the word boldly. You see that? Boldly. Hallelujah. They became bold evangelists. Bold evangelists. And uh, the next story I want to tell you about is Acts chapter 16, 25. Background to the story. Paul and Silas come into town and they're preaching the gospel. And here is a woman walking next to them saying, these are the men of the most high God. They, they're preaching the way of salvation. And he did it for many days until Paul got annoyed in his spirit. And he says to the woman, the spirit of divination come out of you. That's what it was, spirit of divination. And for that wonderful ministry, they get dragged off to prison. They got beaten. They got put in the inner prison. And they got their feet put into stocks for doing the work of God. This should never happen. But it does happen. Sometimes we think, well, if I'm doing something for God, I should never have problems. Who told you that? <laughs> Jesus did tell us in the world you'll have trouble, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Amen. So we're going to press through even though we have trouble. So they go in, and at midnight, Acts 16 says, Paul and Silas were praying, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Midnight. This is a long prayer meeting. They're going on at it. And the other prisoners were listening to them. So in other words, it wasn't a quiet private meeting. 
they were singing loudly. They didn't mind that they got beaten up. They were still worshiping God and singing. Other prisoners were listening to them, and suddenly there was a violent earthquake. The foundations of the prison were shaken. Yeah, well, the Bible says an earthquake. Well, what happens? The angel arrived, okay, and bam, things changed. Power of God hit the prison, hit the prison. There was a violent earthquake, and listen to this. All the prison doors flew open, and everybody's chain came loose. Everybody's chains came loose. And then the jailer called for lights, rushed in, fell trembling before Paul and Silas, and, uh, uh, and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? You ought to hear me now. Listen carefully to what I'm saying here. Paul and Silas were in prison. And they continued to praise and worship God in that condition. They didn't turn around and go, oh, you know what, that's, this is, God is not worth serving. Look what's going on in my life. He should have helped me. They were, they were just continued, steadfast. I prophesy to you, the manifestation of God's presence is going to begin to occur in a greater measure during our worship time. And supernatural signs and wonders are going to occur right here at the promise during our worship. I see people during the worship time, first-time visitors, people who have sin in their life, people who have difficulty, coming out of their seats without being called, coming down to the altar, falling at the altar here, knees down, praying, God, save me, calling on God for salvation, confessing their sins to God, not to us, to God, getting down here, God, I'm a sinner. This has happened to me. Please forgive me. Forgive me in Jesus' name. Forgive me and save me. And they will prostrate themselves here because there will be no strength left in their bodies. They will not be able to stand when they hit the front here. They will fall down. They will fall amongst the worshipers that are down here already. That's what I prophesy is coming. I see it, I see it here in Scripture. And if we will continue to praise and worship God in our time of prison, in our time of hardship, we're going to release something that is going to cause a mighty move of God in the place. Amen. How many of you knew Reinhard Bonker? How many of you know Reinhard Bonker? Raise your hand real high. Cindy, how many people have got saved in his ministry? Yeah, yeah. 75, 77 million people got born again. And now another 20 million under David. More, he ministered to more people face to face than any other living human being on the face of the earth ever. He has had more people that he has won to Christ than any other living human being ever. A greatest evangelist. I knew him personally, stayed in my home, preached for me in South Africa. He tells a story of when he was in Kinshasa, and he was having a, a, a crusade. And by the way, the crusades run 100, uh, a million people, 2 million people. The last crusade he did, the last crusade he did before he handed over to David, Daniel, 1 million salvations occurred. 1 million in one meeting. And they are verified by them putting the name on a piece of paper and be giving it to a local church that I got saved such and such. So it's not just count the hands, all right? They are followed up. So one of the guys running his meeting in Kinshasa says to him, you need to come and see, I wanna show you something. And he took him to a prison. 
And he says to him, I, I want you to see something. And when he walked into this prison, it was death row. He said, never seen anything like it before. It was like a medieval situation. Uh, the torture that was going on, uh, what these people looked like, the emaciation. He says, you can't imagine. You cannot imagine. And uh, what would happen is uh, a hangman would come every month and hang three people. They would line up, big tree, throw the rope over. First three people in line, he would hang them because they were in death row. That's how they were, that's how they were executed. Hangmen would hang them. So he went in. They were all standing waiting, all in chains, welded on. Chains welded onto them. No way you can break it. They were all standing in a line, and he came in, and they began to shake their chains. They were shaking their chains like mad people, shaking their chains all together. And then they started. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad. This is the day that the Lord has made. All of them were saved. And Reinhardt said, how did this happen? And they said, the head prisoner, Andrew, who was standing there shaking his chains. Three times, the hangman had come. And Andrew was next. And the hangman said, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm not hanging anybody today. And Andrew was left alive. And Reinhardt said, God gave him a word. He said, Andrew, you're going to be freed. And you're going to preach the gospel. And Reinhardt said, God, are you sure? He asked the warden, what do I do? The warden says, you have to talk to the governor. She went to the governor and said, listen, Andrew's got to be released. He's got to preach the gospel. And the governor wanted a bribe to do it. And Ryan said, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to bribe you. And he left. And 30 days later, he was back in Germany and the phone rang. And they told him, Andrew has been released. Ryan said, I'm going to pay for him to go to Bible college. So he, in Kenya, he went to Bible college for four years. And then Reinhardt was back in the area with another crusade some years later. And when he finished the crusade, he walked down off his stage. And as he was walking back, a beautiful black man dressed in a suit, carrying a Bible, walked towards him. And Reinhardt said, it's Andrew. He said, yes, sir. You see, people, there are still many Christians who are in those shackles today, just like that. There are still many Christians who have their feet in the stocks. When Jesus told Lazarus to come forth, he came out and he was still wrapped in grave clothes. And Jesus said, untie him and let him go. He was alive inside, but he was wrapped in grave clothes. You see, there are Christians here today, and you're still wrapped in grave clothes. You've still got shackles on you. You're in prison. And you know what? You don't even know it. Because, you see, you don't know what you don't know. 
We can't expect the unsaved to come out of their prisons until we come out of ours. We can't expect the chains to be broken off the unsaved until we come out of our stocks and our shackles. I'm going to ask Candace to come up here. Give us a testimony. Can you take another five minutes? I was going to do it anyway. Tennis, I can stand close so I can snatch it if I need to. <laughs> so last Sunday, last Sunday, you came forward as you usually do in praise and worship, raising your hands and praising God. And something happened to you. You weren't expecting what happened, but you were pressing in to God. Yes. Can you tell us what happened? Absolutely. Um, I'm an enthusiastic worshiper. I have a lot to be joyful for. Mm -hmm. um, and so I race to the altar every Sunday. I come up here and I just praise and I worship and I get in the presence. My whole life is a testimony to what I was delivered from. And I, and I want to praise him for it. But last Sunday, um, what I was prepared for was not what ended up happening. And anybody who was here last Sunday, wow. And so my normal posture of praise is I'm raising a hand. And I keep my eyes closed, and I'm just praising. And I keep my eyes fixated on the presence of Jesus. And last Sunday, I could see my hand go into the heavenly realms. And the trembling started in me and it was uncontrollable I felt um, this amazing presence of love pure love intense love holy love cascading throughout my entire body and the shaking started to take over and I became overwhelmed with it and I became aware of being in the presence of father and that's what I was delivered for it wasn't delivered from, it was what I was delivered for, to be reconciled with the king. Mm. And it was, I, I, and at this point, I was not sure if I was going to be able to stand. And it was the first revelation. It was the heart revelation. I knew that I was delivered because of the blood of Jesus. But then it hit my heart. What happened with your hand? Tell me what you, your hand was raised. My hand was, started to shake, like almost yeah. like it's doing now. It was unshaking uncontrollably. My, my whole body started and then to tremble. You sensed something about heaven. Yeah, well, I knew I was in heaven. Yep, your hand. My, well, it was in the, in the heavenlies. It was my hand. It, the moment it reached into heaven is when the hand started to tremble. Okay. And, and then the revelation started to take place of um, the, the only reason that I was worthy of standing there in the presence of God in the kingdom of heaven was because of the blood of the lamb. Yes, yes. And that's when my whole body collapsed. I couldn't stand in the presence anymore. I couldn't stand the trembling. My whole legs just crumbled right beneath me. It's just weak, no strength. Weak there. I could, I didn't, and, and, ex, and exposed, there was a vulnerability and a rawness that came with total complete weakness mm. I couldn't stand I wanted to stand back up I tried to stand back up I couldn't stand so now you're down on your on your knees mm -hmm. hand in heaven mm -hmm. talking to him telling him you love him. I telling him I love him and as I'm coming out of my mouth I love you 
um, I could feel tentacles coming out of rooted shame. Mm. As my heart posture was surrendered before him, I, I'm, I didn't know. Mm. You know. I'd had deliverance before. I didn't know mm. that I was still rooted and chained mm. to regret from the life, mm. to shame mm. from the life. And in that surrendered moment, when all my heart had was an I love you, and he took and it he, out. I could feel it. As it I was saying, I love you, he just took it out. Like just tentacles te tentac out. I felt the tentacles. I felt it. I felt them re from here just coming out with an, uh, an I love you. Because mm. that's all I had. I love you. I, you, I had nothing more. Mm. I, I, there was shame there, and there was bondage and shackles, and you had no idea because you're serving. You're so excited, loving God, worshiping God. You're Lazarus. You're outside the tomb. Yes. You're walking around full of God, loving God, whatever, and you come into this, to this presence. Yes. And just worship. You enter in and just you give yourself. You give yourself to that worship. Yes. And you feel like God, God. And when he's singing those songs. Yes. He's singing about the throne, singing about being around the throne and Jesus and seeing Jesus and the Lamb. And you felt his love and you responded. I did. Heaven showed up here. Mm, mm. You know, when I opened up my eyes, it wasn't just me. I thought it was just me, but we were all slain. Yeah, yeah, everybody <laughs> like everybody like everywhere. You, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, Justine, was, she was, I tried to stand back up. I grabbed a hold of Justine to try to stand back up and went right back down. Yeah. You yeah. know, I, I, yeah, there, there was no, there was no, I was completely weak. Completely weak. So this, is a, this is a response. Your body was responding to the presence of God, mm -hmm. the Holy Ghost. You're having an impact with God. This is not something you're, you're putting on. And you're, you're praying in the front. And uh, you've got a strong voice. Yes. And at that time, you did not need a mic. <laughs> all the way to the back. All the I way bet, to the I, back. I bet. We were here in Candace. Yeah talking with God, praying in the spirit. And uh, it's a beautiful thing, just a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing and, to be a And um, I know, uh, you know, some, some, some beautiful people came around. I can't remember your name behind you, right behind you. Uh, no, 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 next to... Uh, That's Robin. Oh, it is Robin? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Lady Gray. Are you Robin? Just standing in the front there, we, we got you on your face crying to God. Who was next to you? I don't, was it Justine next to her? Justine, Martisa, she was next Ro to me. Robin is new to the church, but she loves the church, right? Robin, wave your hand. She loves the church. So she's up there watching, and she's like, I think these people need help. <laughs> so she's laying her hands on people, and she's standing like this. You know, one of the help's coming up or going down, you know? <laughs> Can I tell the other part, too, Go about ahead. the oil? Yes. That, okay, so um, I could feel. Um, and at that part, once the deliverance happened, um, there was a peace. Mm, mm. And that's when um, I'm, you came up. Mm -hmm. And you placed your head on my hand on my head. Mm -hmm. And I was completely surrendered in, in the, the, the peace and the love and the joy of the mm, moment. Mm. But the moment you started praying on me, mm -hmm. um, I felt actually, and I've talked to Aaron about this a couple of times. I actually felt honey. Mm, mm, mm. I, I felt, and I've stayed there all week. All week. All week. Everything's different. 
everything's different. different I've got person. people coming up to me saying, you look different. I'm like, I am different. Mm. <laughs> you know, like uh, my prayer in the morning. Mm. I'm, I love going to the gym in the morning. Mm. For two days, I, could, I couldn't get out. I mean, like I couldn't get, I, I wouldn't leave the presence of the Lord. I had to stop to go to work. But I'm, and even getting into worship, like I'm right there. That throne room, mm, mm. I, I don't want to come down. Mm, mm, mm. I don't ever want to come down. I love being there. I love being in the presence. So you see this, this wasn't salvation. It wasn't the baptism by Jesus in the Holy Spirit. It was something else. It was an impartation, an impact. It was an encounter with God. And she claims to be a different person. And she's in a new level with God. Yes. You understand? Shackles came off. Yes. Things came out that she wasn't even aware that there was a prison thing going on in her life. But God took it out when she was surrendered. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. I'd like the lights down, and I'd like everybody to think about what's happened here today. Close your eyes. As this meeting has progressed, you've heard the testimonies. You have sensed in your heart and in your mind that there are things, there's issues that there's some shackles, some kind of prison experience, some stocks. Your feet have been bound. Maybe your mouth has been bound. Maybe you experienced rejection like Paul and Silas did. You haven't got over it. Maybe there is shame because of what you did before you came to Christ or shame what you did after you came to Christ. There's things that the devil has been able to do in your life and bring bondage and there's thoughts that you've been wrestling with. Perhaps you've even fainted in your mind through discouragement of your heart and you think there's no way out. And while we've been talking today, Spirit has been ministering to you, finger, finger on your heart. He wants to set you free from those chains. He wants to gently draw those tentacles out of your heart and life. So you can become another person. You can become the person God has wanted you to be. And your assignments can begin to flourish. And you can do whatever your hand finds to do because God is with you. There's a new level waiting for you, child of God. Don't let the enemy keep you back in shallow water. Don't let the enemy keep you quiet and shut up because you won't speak out. The disciples became bold after that encounter and they were filled again with the Holy Spirit. Child of God, listen to me. God wants to do something in your life that's never been done before. He wants to take you to a new place in Him. So just like Candace, you don't want to come down. You're not going to come down. Your prayer time and your worship is going to be 
so filled with his presence that you'll take him to the gym with you. You'll take him to work. You'll take him on the freeway. You'll take him everywhere. Your consciousness of God will expand to a brand new level. You say, Pastor Henry, you know, if God set me free like that, I would also worship him. No. No. Please don't tell me that. They worshiped while they were in their prison. They worshiped while they were being bound. After being beaten. Will you let God in today? Now, if you feel like God is speaking with you, if you're sensing in your, in your life something is moving in your heart, you stand, nobody else. You stand. If this message has been for you and you know God is doing something, then you stand. Nobody else. Don't stand because other people are standing. You stand because you say, you know what? I want all that God has got for me. I'm not going to be a lukewarm Christian. I'm not going to be a half-baked Christian. I'm not going to stay where I am because I know there's more. You see, the more for Candace wasn't so much more of God. It was taking out in her life stuff that it was hindering her and holding back. And then the revelation of the blood of Jesus and the love of God took over. If you would get the revelation, and I believe you will, of the power of the blood of Jesus and what he did on the cross, if you can get that by the Holy Spirit today who is your teacher, your life will change. But just as Candace had to have a complete surrender, a yieldedness, God have your way in my life. I don't care if I embarrass myself. I don't care if I laugh or cry loudly in front of the people. It's not about the people. It's about me and you, God. It's about you and me. If you know that God is dealing with you this morning. I'm going to start a song. And I want you to look up. And I want you to see the words of the song. But Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person that is standing now. Because you're doing something special with them. Go ahead, start the song. In the Holy Spirit, I ask you to come. Come, Holy Spirit.
those that are standing, I encourage you, come to the altar. Keep the song going. Come to the altar. Those that are standing. Understand what's going on. Come and kneel before the Lord. Find a place. There's plenty of space on top of the altar. Come on top here as well. There's plenty of space. Come on up here. Find your way through. And now why don't we stand in the congregation? Let's sing the song. Come on. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You're being set free right now. No longer bound. You're not blind, you see. This is amazing grace. Jesus. It's alive in you right now. Can you sing it out, the congregation? You're no longer bound. Blind, I see. This is amazing grace. Jesus. Release them right now. Lord, enter in. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Can the ministry team come down? Ministry team, come down and begin laying hands on them and praying for them. Come on down. Candace, would you join us today? Come and lay our hands on some of the ladies. Come on down. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Be ready to play it again, see? A redo from the beginning again. Let's play this song again. I want you to enter in. These words are so important. You're set free. No longer bound. No longer blind. Surrendering right here. Surrendering. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the work that you're doing. Only you can do it, Holy Spirit. Only you can do it. In Jesus' name. Delivered from shame. Delivered from all those things. Breaking the power Satan has held over you.
Satan has kept you in the dumpster because of dumb thoughts, because of dumb things you did. But you're coming out the dumpster today. You're coming out the dumpster. The grave clothes are coming off you. A new you. A different person. A different person. Changed forever by the power of the Holy Spirit. Boldness. Boldness. Jesus. 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 Shiririba. Mandre shakiriba shiki kakarabo shiki karana. Bresu, 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 bresu. Jebra subraya. Yendre bashikiribiri kashiki kokorutu de karadabashaya. Jesus. A highway of praise and worship. A highway. Glory of God upon you. Jesus, 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 take William, Lord, use him for your glory, take this young man, fill him with your power, fill him with your power, set him free from all those demonic thoughts in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, 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 yes, Lord, thank you, Holy Spirit, hold, 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 set free, mighty power, God, mighty power, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for what you've done in our meeting today. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You have complete freedom at the promised church. Do whatever you want to do. Thank you for the lives that are being changed. They are different people. They're not the same. Thank you for the boldness of your presence, the power and anointing to work the works of God. As we move forward, Holy Spirit, as we move forward, I know that the assignments will be accomplished because you said you are with us. You are with us. And we will move forward in that boldness and preach as evangelists filled with power and authority in the name of Jesus. A new era being birthed at the promised church where people are unashamed of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, where they worship with all of their might, where they pray at the top of their lungs, where they are full of fire of the Holy Ghost. Lord, where they're inviting the lost, the sick, the hurting, 
to come to the fire at the promised church because Holy Ghost will set you free like he did me in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Come on, let's rejoice. Hallelujah. 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 Glory. Glory. Well, praise the Lord. We got you out early today. Should have been two o'clock. Parents, please go and get your children so Pastor Lindsay can let them go. Thank you so much for coming out. We're looking for an exciting time next Sunday. And in two weeks' time, bring those who desperately need deliverance. And to hear their story from Pastor Orlando, it's phenomenal. We love you. Keep the fire burning wherever you go. Be ready for those assignments to pop up in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.